Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, July 26th, 2019, and we are reading in the big book, in the chapter more about alcoholism on page 43, in the very last paragraph on the page, it begins once more. Oh, goodness. Today's readers are 12 Steps Cutie K, 12 Traditions Barbara E, readers of the text, Larry K, Susan H, and Lauren N. Reference numbers for yesterday, very important numbers. Yesterday, 7 a.m., share ID 13,200, 13200. And yesterday's 10 a.m., share ID 13,201. One three two zero one. Oh my goodness. Always preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Beauty Kay, would you please read the 12 steps of OA for us? Surely, and thank you for your service. This is Judy Kay, recovered in North Carolina. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable, Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation 
to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do service. Thank you, Judy Kay. And Barbara E., would you please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous? It would be my honor. This is Barbara E. from the absolutely beautiful Finger Lake, New York, with my lovely family vacationing. Tradition one, a common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group might ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we, we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. Well, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you so much for allowing me to be part of this wonderful Friday ensemble together. I pass. Thank you, Barbara, for your service. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. 
Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. And when you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 43 in the chapter, More About Alcoholism, and we are reading the last paragraph on the page, which is the last paragraph of the chapter, and it begins once more. And I will now ask Larry Kay from Chicago to get us started. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Maura. Uh, this is Larry Kay. I am a recovered compulsive reader from Scottsdale, Arizona, where it was <laughs> 612 degrees with 100% humidity. <laughs> okay, here we go on the bottom of page 43. Once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. Okay, so, um, you know, this, this paragraph um, takes me back. I, I had the privilege of um, um, facilitating a big book workshop, uh, I, I think it was like a couple years ago on the West Coast. And, and why I mentioned that, I had some notes in my book here. Because one of the, you know, when, we're, when we think of, you know, the greater aspect of our disease, this, um, this strange mental twist, right, this obsession of the mind, and that we need, you know, the allergy is one thing, but that we need a higher power uh, by working the 12 steps to have the spiritual awakening that's going to remove that mental obsession. One of the comments that I made, um, yeah, I said a lot of things, right, and, 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 and hopefully mostly steeped in the big book with some opinions mixed in. And one of the things, I, and I've said on this line before, that this is, I've heard it said, and I agree, this is not about science. This practical program of action is of the fourth dimension, it's spiritual nature. And there was a, turns out, there was a, a scientist in the room who did not publicly shame me in front of people. In fact, she was a very gentle soul. And she just came up in a very humble way later on. You know, she said, you know, you made that comment about it not being about science. She was, you know, what, what are your thoughts, you know, with your background and so forth? What are your thoughts about the fact that, you know, there's this replication of this spiritual awakening that produces a result. And if we follow a specific methodology, right, a specific protocol, we follow this precisely, over and over again, people are repeating and getting the same result. I said, that's true. Because absolutely, if we look at, you know, science from the standpoint of following a protocol, following a methodology, now, here's the thing. There is a replication crisis in the 12-step in the rooms because we are not necessarily following, you know, the methodology and the protocol that produced this result. But I've, I've, I still am waiting to find the person who does not achieve this 
spiritual awakening, use whatever words that you want to call personality change, internal shift, uh, you know, psychic transformation that drives out that obsession if they follow these instructions precisely. So since then, I, you know, now I haven't had peanut butter and jelly in a long time. That, that would be, that would trigger the, the allergy. But for me, I bring it up, and I think you know, you know, you would, you would understand that, you know, for me, the science of this, the replication of this following these, these precise instructions and the spiritual dimension are like peanut butter and jelly. They go together for me. I'm no longer uncomfortable with the idea that there is this fourth dimension, a spiritual awakening that results in this transformation, but we have to work the 12 steps and we have to follow these instructions precisely. And I do believe it's about science. And I think that if you follow these instructions precisely, my experience and that of so many others is that we will get this result. And this result is, it's not so much magic as it is just a beautiful, miraculous awakening that continues to unfold for me. And I'm very grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. Okay, so... If you haven't shared in the last day or so and you would like to, we'd love to hear some new voices. If you would give me your first name and your last initial only, and I will repeat it back to you, we'll get this party started. Who'd like to share? Janice M. W. Anita L. Janice P. M. Ginger C. Somebody W. Anita L. Ginger, I got you. Nancy P. Beth, w. Somebody W. Beth W. Say again, please. I'm not hearing you. Beth W. Beth B E T H. Yes. Thanks. Beth W. Thank you. And one more. Nancy P. Nancy P. Nancy P. I got you, Pete. I'll put you on the end at the at the at the next one. Okay. Here's who I did hear. Matt M, Janice P M, Ginger C, Anita L, Beth W, and Nancy P. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Matt. You heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. <clears throat> and thank if you're you on speaker, can you come off speaker because there's a bit of an echo? Thank you for your service this morning. Um, I love this reading. Uh, this little bit because of the bit about the first, the first step. Um, it reminds me of a, of a podcast that I listened to recently. A great old timer was sharing about their experience, and he was talking about how at the holidays, um, you know, he would be in someone's house, and there would be endless platters of things that he didn't eat anymore, and he would tell himself, "I can have as much of this as I want, except for the first bite." And I love that little trick of I'm, I'm not depriving myself of anything except for just the first one. And that's the key for me in, in my experience of battling my disease is as long as I can just fill the space that that first wrong step, that first wrong choice might come into, as long as I'm filling that space with something with service, with reading, with meditation, with prayer, with um, thinking about my plan of eating, with exercise, with something, it has no room to come into my life. 
And as long as the first one doesn't come in, the rest can't come in either. And so it turns out for me that the best offense is not even a good defense. It's, it's just presence. It's being in the moment and it's being active. It's not, it's not being passive and waiting for life to happen. It's me stepping forward into life and doing it rightly. That's the best defense against the first bite for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Matt. Janice PM, it's your turn this morning, followed by Ginger. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, my dear Mara V. This is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Well, once again, Bill W. and the, and the writers are giving us a summary again, another summary, and uh, he pounds it into us. The alcoholic, the compulsive overeater at certain times. What do you mean at certain times? Well, sometimes I thought I could, and, and then I did, and uh, it was never permanent. That thinking was not permanent because it, I do not have any effective, which means accomplishing that mental defense, that phenomenon of, of craving against that first bite. That's what it is. It's not the 10th bite. It's not the whole bite. It's the first bite. Why? Because he says, and we know that that sets up the allergy in my body. And I don't care how I think or how I, what I know. It just doesn't cross my mind. I cannot predict. You know, I used to think, oh, I'll just have this and then I won't have to have it anymore. No, there's, you don't know what it's going to do. There's no prediction. That means there's no effective thinking uh, protection against that first bite. It's not, it, you know, it's a very important point because this means that we, we can have all the self-knowledge, but still drink, still eat. I mean, so this is what he's pounding down. It also means that there's no human power of our own or others, which means, unfortunately, the fellowship. There's nobody in this fellowship that I know of that can stop me and give me a mental defense against that first bite. It's all that I hear, the wonderful recoveries. It's just impossible. In my, this is my experience. It just doesn't help. I need that defense, that protection. The only way that I found it for today is through not my will, but a higher power's will, which I call God. Non-alcoholics don't, non-compulsive overeaters, they can have that willpower. They'll say, yeah, you know, I had it last week or six months ago. I think I'll have one now. Well, first of all, they had it six months ago, so they're not a, you know, they don't have that trigger. They don't have that allergy. So, you know, because we're looking for comfort, and we know what we seek is comfort. And we find, I found out that a certain food gave me comfort. So I seek that. <laughs> it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. The, my solution, my defense, the defense, my protection has to come from a higher power. And that's just what it has to be. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Janice. 
Ginger C, it's your turn, followed by Anita L. Good morning, Ginger. Hi, Maura. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can clearly. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service. This is Ginger C, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. And I just have to, again, I got a shout out to Vision for You. Thank God we absolutely agree upon which we join in brotherly and harmonious action, this practical program of action found in these 164 pages. You know, this weekend in Colorado, we have an amazing um, fellowship meeting called FOTS. And it's AA-based, and it's all based in the big book. And I was talking to some AA members, and they're like, oh, I'm not going to that. That's just way too much big book for me. So, again, I think this meeting is miraculous and incredible, and what a gift that we get to be a part of it. I don't know if I'd be as engaged and excited uh, three and a half years later without it. So this sentence, absolutely, his defense must, a non-negotiable word, must come from a higher power. So if I'm going to be safe and protected, I better be close and connected. And that's my job each and every day. Where is God in the picture? You know, God is everything or God is nothing. And what's my choice? I get to choose that. So every minute of every day, I get to think about where is God in this picture? How am I being of maximum service? Is my eye on the prize or am I distracted again? Usually about me, my selfishness, my self-centeredness, you know, my self-pity, the sad story that I can't stop thinking about. So we get to practice imperfectly, doing the best we can to show up and to be of this maximum service, having your uppermost happiness on my mind and how can I help to meet your needs You know, when I did that third step, I gave God everything. God, who would you have me be and what would you have me do? Because that's my job. I'm the boots on the ground. I get to do God's work if I'm in this place. And I get to do God's work because I'm no longer eating and killing myself. Asleep. Numb. I'm awake, alive, and alert and ready and prepared. And God blindsides me all the time. And I cannot create these stories up. And yesterday was incredible. I left. I went to the hospital to do my job. I was prepared at 10 a.m. to do a veteran pinning for a Vietnam vet to welcome him home because no one did in 1969. We spit on him and called him murderers when they returned from that war. And it's one of the greatest gifts that I get to be a part of with my job. And I get to my floor. Time. And I found out that my friend had died. And her daughter was sitting alone with her mother and I got to just go hold her and be with her until this penny. So with that, I'm going to pass and thank God I'm not eating and I get to be a part. Thank you, Ginger. Uh, Anita L., it's your turn, followed by Beth W. Good morning, Anita. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, everybody. 
This is Anita L. from outside of Philadelphia, recovered just for today by the grace of my higher power. And I wanted to share because, uh, first of all, this is my favorite chapter in the big book. There's so much, and I guess because it's focusing on the mind, which uh, mind is pretty crazy at times. And, um, And when this paragraph was read... Uh, what came to my mind was that my higher power, I've been in OA a very long time, and I've always had a higher power shortly after I came in to OA. And my my willingness to trust and have faith in my higher power has has ebb and flowed throughout the years and um i recognize the fact that i must i must surrender on a daily basis to this power greater than me because for so many years when i tried to do it on my own before oa i you know never could keep the weight off. I could lose a lot of it. I never lost all of it. Uh, I could never keep it off. And even in OA, there were so many times where I relapsed. And this recovery that I'm feeling for today is different because of my uh, willingness to surrender it all, all of the food, all of my triggers, they're all down now. And I think that that is a huge difference because for a long time, there were many years I thought I was recovered, and then I relapsed. And first of all, I wasn't increasing my spiritual life. And for today, I recognize that is huge it's so important for me to keep learning to keep growing to keep doing things to continue helping others be of maximum service and stay in gratitude for one i'm in gratitude a huge part of my day and i love that you know just recognizing little things and and thanking my higher power for that including yesterday coming out of a meeting and sharing with somebody, and there was a, a a white butterfly, which I believe is my daughter. There was no other butterfly around. There was one white butterfly, and I was sharing with this person about my daughter, and there there I believe she was, just reinforcing the fact that she Hi. has never left me. So anyway, my higher power is huge, and without help, from my spiritual love, I cannot stay recovered for today. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Anita L. Uh, just a reminder that we are sharing on the last paragraph on page 43 this morning. And Beth W., it's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Thank you so much for hearing me. My name is Beth W., and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater um, from North Dakota. And I'm so grateful to be able to share this morning. Um, I 
I just had to share, and I'm um, living in gratitude today because I needed this paragraph and I needed this chapter to be read slowly and carefully again. Um, certainly not my first time through it. Um, and I love that it is being summarized once more. The alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, and then his defense must come from a higher power. That was the message I um, struggled with, missed, um, was defiant about, I don't know. But I was turning back to page 35, and it, and it was about Jim, and it says, we told him what we knew of alcoholism, the answer we had found. I had gotten that part. I understood the disease part. I, I think I understood the, yeah, I, I'm, you know, here's, here's what my pr problem was. My, my food, had, I had carefully reviewed that with my sponsor, and I knew what was, you know, what was my abstinent um, program, um, and I had made a beginning. And then it goes on in that paragraph on 35, he had failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And that takes me right back to the very last sentence of this, of this chapter, this paragraph, his defense must come from a higher power. And I thought I had it figured out. I've been to seminary. I, I, can, um, I can, you know, parse Greek and Hebrew. And I, I thought I knew all this stuff. I thought I had it figured out that I had failed to enlarge my spiritual life. I failed to trust and, and, um, and surrender to the God that I knew so much about. I had lots of knowledge, um, and yet I wanted to do it all by myself. I wanted to be my own God. And, um, and that just didn't, that didn't do it for me. The food was still bigger. Um, than my 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 trust in the God, I, I am my understanding, and um, because I was letting it be, um, and I have to, um, I have to surrender every day, as somebody else said, and and I have to know that my first bite is the one I have to, you know, keep far away, and the, and the the only thing that can be between me and that first bite is is the God of my understanding, um, or it will just sit right at the edge of my fork. So I am grateful for this program. I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for um, the God um, who loves me. And, um, and I'll just do it for one more day today. Thanks. Thank you, Beth W. Nancy P., it's your turn, and then we'll take a new, new list. Hi, this is Nancy P. from Boston. Thanks for letting me share. Um, yeah, once more, the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink. Some, but they're not effective. You know, like the staying on guard and willpower, those are completely ineffective. And that's the type of thing that I did. Horrible day, fabulous day. You know, didn't matter. You know, happy, sad, mad, glad, nothing mattered. And so, you know, th this is real, this chapter is really the second half of step one. So, powerless over food and my life is unmanageable sober so I needed my solution to come from a from you know a, a solution that I need to deal with sober and um, you know as usual I'm the one trick pony that says it's all about surrender but so that's good but I've surrendered before and and I have to stay surrendered I have to figure out a way to stay surrendered and 
you know, I've had sponsees say, you know, I don't believe in God. I'm never going to get this. And my, you know, the pain is too great. And, you know, my response to them is that they're not special because my experience is that I'm not special and neither am I very interesting. You know, my, my, my pain is mine and everybody else's pain is theirs and we all have it. And it all brings us right to the refrigerator, broken nail, lose a child. It all brings us to the same place. And, um, you know, I, thought I was never going to get this. And I, the only thing that I can say is it did not happen in real time. When I got to this point in the book and I finished this chapter with my sponsor, I did not have a defense that came from a spiritual, from a higher power. And I confessed my shame to my sponsor as though, you know, I thought I whispered in my, in my bedroom alone upstairs with my solid wood doors, like as though I was confessing to reading porn you know, I don't think this is going to work for me. Why not? Because I'm not sure I believe in God. And she completely blew me off and said, don't worry about it. You haven't had a spiritual awakening yet. So I slogged through, even though I was convinced she was the crazy one. And when I got to the end of step nine and into step 10, suddenly it all sort of, it was like, forgive the metaphor. It was like something that I baked in the oven. It finished, it set, and I got it. And, um, you know, I hold on to it every single day for dear life. And I've never... You know, just like it says, my worst day today is 10 times better than my best day when I was eating. And um, I'm walking through some pretty big stuff in my life. And it's amazing. I'm not skipping through. I'm walking through. And it's hard. And it sucks. But I'm not eating. That is a miracle. I mean, do you all get that? Like, I can't believe that for me. And, um, and but I can believe it all for you, of course. But um, I can't believe it for me. I cannot believe it. And I, I'm going to keep coming because it only gets better. I've barely scratched the surface and it only gets better. Um, so if you're eating, if you're having trouble, it gets better. Call me. Thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. So if you've just joined us, we are on page 43 on, page, on chapter more about alcoholism. We read the last paragraph, and we're sharing on just that paragraph. If you've not shared in the last day or two and you'd like to, please give me your first name, your last initial one time, and I'll repeat it Charles back H. to you. And the list is going to start with Pete B., followed by Charles H. Barbara B. Susan. Barbara G. Leah M. Susan H. Leah M. Something with an H. Susan H. Vasa O, Linda D, and Vasa, if we have time. Okay. Pete B, Charles H, Barb, Barbara G, Leah M, Susan H, Linda D, Vasa O. Pete B, please go ahead. Thanks, Mara. You able to hear me? Okay. I can hear you clearly. Thank you. Pete B, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm from Pennsylvania. And, you know, I was, I was reading this, and, and uh, you know, everything that we've read so far in this study is designed to break down the individual to understand that the individual doesn't have the power, the group doesn't have the power, and that there's no human power, right? Like, we, we're up, to, up until this point, we, we've got we've to, we, like it says in the prior paragraph, we have to be 100% hopeless, Right? 100% hopeless. We have to be completely broken down before we get to the next chapter, which is going to talk about where the power comes from. 
you know, it, it, it's funny though, you know, it, a lot of times on this line particularly, we talk about the buildup of human emotions, right? And the buildup of human emotions and that leads us to the, to the food which takes us out of the picture, right? The book doesn't say that we drink because of the buildup of human emotions. It says that we drink because we fail to enlarge our spiritual life, right? Now, I do subscribe to the notion that the buildup of human emotions, that will cause me problems. But it will cause me problems because it's cutting me off from the power, the source that is going to keep me abstinent one day at a time, right? I have to remember that this is not a pragmatic, practical solution that if applied, I'm going to somehow build up a defense. That's not what it says. It says that I'm go, if I follow this program, I'm going to connect spiritually. I'm going to get through this from, the, from, from my spiritual activity, not my practical active activity, right? I'm, just, I'm so grateful, right? No human power. Like I walk a free man today as a result of following these principles and, and, and all of these things. I'm, I, I, you know, I enjoy a life that's beyond my wildest dreams. I feel like I've arrived every single day. And it's by God's grace and mercy. No human power. There were human, there's human elements to it, right? I can't do this without human power, without humans. But it's by God's grace and mercy, and with that, I'm truly grateful in our past. Oops, caught me off guard. Uh, thanks, Pete B. Charles H., it's your turn, followed by Barbara B. As in boy, I've been corrected. Thank you, Maura. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. Um, his defense must come from a higher power. So so that means, the defense means that somebody is, i got a spiritual lawyer that is, uh, that is fighting all my cases for me, any case that I can imagine. Um. But the problem in 12-step program is um, AA, attention addiction. I want to be the person that's fighting my cases, even in OA, being here years and years and days and days and coming to this meeting, that meeting, and reading the big book and studying it, and I still want to be my own defense lawyer, and, and it proves that it does not work. His defense must come from a higher power, so... From 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 the title page to this this uh, paragraph, the closing of more about alcoholism, they're sharing their experience, strength, and hope of all these characters. These four characters in in, in this specific chapter, um, you know, whether they had money, they didn't have money, they looked good, they got all the attention, they was broke, they owned they owned an automobile place, and then they lost it through drinking. Uh, they want to skip out in front of cars and all these things. We can identify that um, our defense, we don't have a defense. We don't have an effective defense, right? And, um, you know, through God's grace and mercy and humility, because the AA 12 and 12 talks about if there's no humility, there's no chance of recovery. So i gotta, you know, I got to set aside, as uncomfortable as it is, the attention addiction, which is, which was killing me, right? And thank you, God. I didn't have time for nobody else because it was all about me, right? Three fifth steps I took this week, and, and it's just I can't wait to just because that's the cornerstone of my recovery. My higher power really comes in like a flood and say, all right, Charles, I got you because you're doing my work. You're not trying to do my job because you don't have that power. And we're going to find out in these following weeks where that power comes from. Surrender to win this war. Surrender one day at a time to win this battle. It's a daily battle. 
because it ain't about the food when it ain't about the food, but it's about the mood when it's always about the mood. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. Barbara B., it's your turn, followed by Leah M. Thank you. This is Barbara B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. I think it's very um, significant that higher power is capitalized. Because I know in my experience, I for a long time made my sponsor my higher power. But, you know, she was a higher power, small h, small p, because she was able to be consistently entirely abstinent, which I was not. She was able to work a spiritual program, which I couldn't separate the spiritual program with a practical plan of action from religion. And so she was my higher power. But being another human being like myself, she had clay feet. So when she was not able to have the abstinence sustained and continue, I went down with her. And this was a pattern that repeated itself. So as I listen to the big book and as I read the words again and again, year after year, and I see, you know, the spiritual answer in the program of action, 100% hopeless apart from divine help. Defense must come from a higher power. There's no question about it that I don't want to be like Jim and fail to enlarge my spiritual life. I know that when I used to go as a pattern to try to deal with compulsive overeating to uh, a fasting place, quote, hygienic retreat, and the director said to me after I kept coming back and coming back because I'd always go home, couldn't deal with life, binge, he said, Barbara, maybe you have to get religion. I said, why would I have to get religion? I'm a very religious person, blah, blah, blah. He was like Ebby at that table. So this is a a great, great message that I receive, that my defense must come from a higher power, very often, capital H, capital P. Thank you. I pass. Okay, you you caught me off guard there. Thank you, Barbara B. Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Susan H. Thank you. Dr. Carl Young, this meeting is for you. It's his birthday today, and he was the one who uh, suggested to Roland that for people like me, real compulsive overeaters, real alcoholics, that a spiritual, vital spiritual experience is necessary, and it's the only solution for someone like me. Um, you know, this, this chapter, Chapter 3, doesn't pull any punches. It uh, At the end of this chapter, they shut the door on someone like me, that if I don't find a power, if I don't have access to God, I will go back. I'm screwed. I can't eat safely, and I can't stay abstinent contently without God. And, uh, you know, I'm cornered. And that was my experience, that, you know, there was no door number three for someone like me. I was either going to keep surrendering to the addiction or I was going to surrender to God. No door number three. I was doomed to a compulsive overeater's death. I was going to have to live on a spiritual basis um, because, you know, there was no, no other option for someone like me. 
I've been abstinent, living a, a way of life uh, that I never, <laughs> never knew uh, since January 19th, 1987. That says a couple things to me. Um, number one, that I haven't needed to take that first compulsive bite, bite because this program of recovery has given me the spiritual actions uh, that I need to uh, to take in order to allow those changes within myself and within my attitude within my attitude so that I can connect with power, so that I no longer need to look for some substance outside of myself to make me feel comfortable and to have that ease and comfort. Number two, what that says to me is this program works, that these steps, these actions, which demonstrate my willingness to turn and be turned towards God, all those years, I had to compulsively overeat in order to cope. You know, it was like food was the glue that was holding me together. And, you know, let me, let me say that this is not a story about me. This is a story of God's grace. I came here as a tortured, broken shell of a young woman. Forget the medical consequences that I was experiencing. I was broken throughout spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, you know, this is not about my personal success. This is about what happens through human failure when the grace of God comes in and makes something of that human failure, and that's been my experience. I had no idea what was on this new road. There was nothing familiar about it. There were new road signs. I didn't know how to behave. <laughs> All I knew was that these actions that I needed to take daily, many, many times a day, were a demonstration of my willingness to be saved and to understand that I had to be rescued, that this was nothing, this was nothing I could escape from on my own. I had to be delivered from the hell. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Susan H., it's your turn, followed by Linda D., Good morning. This is Susan H., a recovered compulsive eater in Ohio. Um, I have no defense of myself. And that's what this little paragraph brings out to me. My defense must come from a higher power. Every day I continue to surrender. I learn more about surrender. I'm learning. I'm growing surrender to my higher power, my, my surrender to my higher power allows and invites them to show me daily, hourly, the next right thought or action. I am so grateful that this is a program that just keeps drawing me in, um, taking me deeper. There's, I know what it was like before. I was constantly working to try to get my way and, and fix myself, and I had no defense. Um, I'm reminded of the last sentence of another paragraph here, too. When I draw near to him, he discloses himself to me. And that is an everyday, an everyday miracle in my life. Um, I ask, and he's there. This keeps growing. It, it keeps growing in me, and it keeps growing my gratitude. Um, I'm just so grateful for where I've been brought, taken by the hand and brought along. I know that my actions are needed, but the work 
the work is really my higher powers. And I'm, I'm grateful to be here, and I'm grateful to be a part. I pass. Thank you, Susan H. Linda D., it's your turn. Linda D., Good morning, on. everybody. It's, can you hear me? I can now. Thank you. Oh, good. Um, my name is Linda D. I'm from Connecticut. I'm trying really hard not to cry. Cry in gratitude for all the sisters and brothers that have lived what I've lived. Um, I have been delivered from hell. Um, the thing that um, it's astonishing to me, and I was an atheist, and I'm not a religious fanatic, but I am a spiritual follower, holy mackerel. And uh, it says here that this addict uh, has, at certain times has no defense against this disease. Uh, wh when are those times? Uh, those times are now, right now. I have no defense against that. Terrible, uh, of course, it's physical as well, but that self-destructive, self-hating young woman that I was, that can show up when I'm scared, which would be quite a lot of the time when I look at today. Oh, I can come up with a picture of today and the problems of today and the world and the, what's on TV. Oh, my goodness. I can come up with such a drama. And you know what? It's real. There's a lot of drama. It doesn't matter. God can guide me right through it, step by step by step by step. If I turn away from my very overly developed intellect, it's a gift as far as it goes. It doesn't go far enough. And now I have to turn, let's call it, to intuition, to the sacred, to the divine, which I did not even know existed. It exists. It is fabulous. And sometimes it is painful to trudge. Too bad, Linda. This works. Get in the boat. This is the most wonderful, miraculous program. God is just amazing. I pass. Okay. <laughs> Caught me off guard again, you guys. Vasa, oh, we have time for you. Please, start one and share. Thank you. Thank you, Moira, for your service, and good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, grateful we have a possible event. Ida calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I did grow up in a communist country, and I really had a hard time living in God. But nothing more than anything else has brought me closer to a higher power than this program, the 12 steps. It's a miracle. And yes, I was broken. I had no clue how much I was broken, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And I, the best, I mean, this is the best news I heard. I had no defense left any anymore. I gave in to the food after trying for so long, so many years, before I came to Overeaters Anonymous, maybe two or three months. You know, I gave in into the food because I surrendered to the food. I said, that's it. Everything I've tried hasn't worked, so might as well. I'm going to eat and die miserably. And this is the best news I heard, you know. Uh, my sponsor said, I am not a higher power. The 12 steps are not higher power. The meetings, we have to find a high defense 
we must find defense. It has to come from a higher power. In order to be able to do that, for me, was I needed to surrender to higher power. And before I surrendered, I heard, well, I had to put the food down because I had the allergy that set up my mental obsession. So I said, I will surrender to anything. I don't care who it is, a higher power, Jesus, the program. I, I, was, I just didn't want to die. And I was just so ready and willing. And this is the only thing that has worked. It's by the grace of God. I haven't touched that food for 33 years, and it's not me doing. It's my higher power that's helping me to do what I couldn't do for myself. I know my time is coming up, but if you're a newcomer, please. They told me when I came to my first meeting, try six meetings. If you don't like this one, go and try another one. Well, I love the vision for you. You don't even have to go out there, you know. You can do this every morning, any time during the day. You can call on the callback number 24 hours a day. It's, it's a miracle. I'm so grateful I was also read to the vision for you. Yes, I did go through the big process, but to have this uh, meeting every morning, it's a gift from God to me and to all of us. Thank you for letting me share my past. Thank you, Vasa O. We actually have time for a quick one, one-and-a-half-minute share. Who would like that this morning? Jason Kay. I heard Jason Kay, I think. Yep. Jason Kay, did I hear you? Yes, yes. please go yep. ahead, dear. You have about a minute, minute and a half. Thank you. Yes, yeah, Jason Kay, recovered compulsive eater and bulimic uh, outside of Philadelphia. Uh, and this is saying we, we need... Uh, the defense of a higher power. And, you know, after years and years and years of trying and failing, I finally uh, came to grips with this. And we come to grips with this in our our gut, in our heart, you know, in our innermost self, you know, when nobody else is around and we feel the deep truth of this um, inside of us, you know. And I I heard this saying, you know, our feelings of inadequacy – are sometimes just good judgment. And that was the case for me because I kept trying and failing. So what did I do? I finally gave up. And this is the admonition that we have, how, how, to, uh, how to get this thing is to give up, to give up trying and to seek, uh, seek a higher power, to turn towards God, uh, to turn towards this higher power. And it's really confusing because at certain times, it seems like we, we do have a defense. At certain times, maybe we can walk away. We can seem to make the right choice. We can put down, you know, the food. But those battles for me were short-lived and, 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 and very, very, I started to get very few and far between. And if you look at the, the picture on whole, uh, I was circling the drain with this progressive, progressive disease uh, only getting worse. So the good news is we, we, we turn to God, we turn to higher power, and we have a roadmap called the 12 Steps with specific uh, directions and clear-cut directions and many, many guides on this line, many, many hands reaching out to kind of show you the way uh, to, get you to, to get you connected to that higher power. And that's what the steps do. They're sets of actions and, and internal uh, conclusions of the mind and heart and when taken with humility uh, as a course mm-hmm. of action, get us connected. Um, so that's the invitation today. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Jason Kay. And you are our last sharer for today. 
And uh, at our zenith, we were 418 strong this morning. Thank you all for sharing. Thank you all for being here so we could do this together. Thank you for everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID, someone's unmuted, please. Today's share ID, 13,204-13204. And we'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Susan H., would you please read that for us? Thank you, Maura. I'll be happy to. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.